Rick Natkin and David Fuller brought us the football comedy of the year. Due to NCAA sanctions, the Texas State University Fighting Armadillos must form a football team from their actual student body with no scholarships to help to help play their football schedule. So let's get up off that couch, get ourselves in shape, and take the field with them fighting armadillos. This week we're talking necessary roughness. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show, and with us this week is Mr. Travis Rollins. Wally, call me crazy, but I got a funny feeling about tonight's game. I got a funny feeling, too. And how you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you this evening, brother? I was off today. I'm just dandy. Oh, heck yeah. I know you had to work, though, so. Yeah, we took a... We took a, a detour from our normal scheduling, so. Yeah, I was. It's kind of me this week as well. Normally, you know, I'm off different days. Uh, we record on Sunday nights, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm off on Sundays, but we couldn't record Sunday. So this is Monday as we're recording. And uh, I actually this week have Monday off for a change uh, due to some yeah. unforeseen circumstances at work they have not corrected yet. So I'll and probably one, end up doing this a few more weeks days. or something, truth be known. So we get this cleared up and then we'll all be good. So who knows? Maybe I'll like it well enough and I'll be like, hey, give me them Sunday Mondays. Heck who yeah. Who knows? Uh, Travis, I'm just curious, man. Um, where can they find us online if they're wanting to listen to our show? The better question is where can they not find us? We're on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, there was one that I don't listen to. Uh, Oh, you got me. See, I don't, I don't, this is the only podcast I listen to. He so had one Ranker, job, folks. Isn't it Ranker? He had one job, folks. And yep. look what he's done. He has dropped the ball. He's fumbled. Fumbalaya, fumbalina. I know. I See, I could have like, worked it in after all. I feel like I might have. about that? I feel like um, I might have put, I got my name written down. Just to uh, pick up where he left. I know he's about to say Anchor. We're no longer on Anchor. <laughs> Uh, I moved the podcast to Captivate, so we're no longer on Captivate. Anchor anymore. See, However, you keep moving it around. It's really your fault. Well, see, you can't listen to it on Captivate anyway. It's just the host. But if you go oh. to the website, RetroLife, the number four, the letter U.com, you can listen to us straight off the website. We're also on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Music. Pretty much anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, you will find us there. See? And drop no ball. I said, where can they not listen to us? Uh, so, you know, that is true. You did do that, but I feel like I picked the ball up and spiked it after you kind of dropped it. So you might have, Hey man, teamwork, uh, teamwork, teamwork. That's what this make, is all about this week is teamwork, dream man. Work. But we'll, we'll get to the teamwork in just a minute here. One more thing to toss out there. That would be the social medias. You can find us at we're on Instagram and Facebook as well as TikTok. Uh, I got to pick that TikTok back up again, man. I have not put anything on TikTok in weeks. Uh, now, yeah, see, fumble. I'm dropping the ball now, ain't I? Boom. You can get us on the, you can get us on the, the MySpace, 
and AOL. <laughs> <laughs> Who? It was AOL community, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think Tom on MySpace is hanging around anymore letting people get on. <laughs> Tom took the money. He Jack and Diane it. I believe he did. Oh, my goodness. All right. So tonight's episode, and we're mentioning teamwork and the Fumbalaya Fumbalina. We're talking about a comedy from 1991, which is Necessary Roughness, a comedy movie about foosball, as uh, the water boy's mama would say. The devil. A little football there. Fun movie to watch, too. I mean, there's a lot very good cast in it. A lot yeah. of good, you know, funny moments and everything. It's based actually off of a true story, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, I was talking about this earlier. SMU, yeah. which is uh, Southern Methodist University in Texas, received the death penalty, they call it, in college football, which is basically where they stripped them of all of their scholarships and they banned them from football for, you know, X amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I want to say they were banned for the next year. And the following year, they could only play football in road games, not at home. But SMU went ahead and canceled that season as well. And then they came back after that, and they started, uh, you know, either the year after that one or maybe even one more year, started fielding tryouts from players at the school. I mean, there's no scholarships to give still. So they're trying to get people just to try out for the team, to field the team, to put them out there. Um, that's what happens when you give away too many cars and start red shirting half the team. You know, I was going to bring that up to you because, you know, talking about it's, we're going to be serious for a second when it comes to college football, that does go on a lot. Yes, sir. It's just a matter of how well you can hide it or, or does the NCAA want to get that particular college in trouble? I remember people used to say, because, um, you know, we're both in the South, we're in the, sec acc areas depending on where you uh on who you like right uh, i'm not sure if you're a south carolina guy or a clemson guy neither or, or either one <laughs> so um i'm born and bred right here and neither one of them are my teams my whole family and everybody around me that's their team man for so for whatever reason i just grew up loving the florida state criminals uh, well nothing wrong with that nothing wrong at all i i happen to know a certain cousin of yours is always preaching stuff about the Georgia Bulldogs. So yeah, yeah, he loves the Bulldogs. I got another one that loves the uh, Yellow Jackets too. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, nobody ever thought that Alabama would get in trouble, but I do remember one year that they got into some trouble. I believe when Gene Stallings was the coach, it wasn't this, that bad like mm-hmm. SMU received, but they hadn't been busted years before that. You know, so many years in a row either. Right. I mean, it, it 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 goes on today, but the difference in today's game versus back then is now they're letting the players, I believe it's use their likeness in certain mm-hmm. things where they can mm-hmm. make some money. So, yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing too is, you know, and actually for quite some time the fringe benefits, so to speak. You know, when the when the team's doing good, when the entire school does well, you know, and then. then the more prestigious the team, the more money that comes into the school. And then, like we said, you know, getting the 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 kickbacks and things of that nature. It's like when uh, when Tommy Bowden walked away from Clemson and Dabo Sweeney took over and it just turned into an entire different football. Speaking of Clemson around here, turned into mm-hmm. an entirely different game. You know, it was, it was like overnight. It just turned into a whole different team. But right. Bowden 
took his father, Bobby's, uh, I guess, way of doing things and just started bringing in big talent. He started, I don't know how all that works, but all of a sudden, you know, we're not getting, you, you know, how do you make an attractive college football team without something going on? You know, we we have an agricultural, so, so Clemson is an agricultural specialty college. Um, and it's crazy how many things they're responsible for. Just insane. Just one, one off the top of my head, my 10 year old learned about not long ago. You know how the, all the cookies now, Chips Ahoy and everything have like a little peel back and resillable right. top on them. That happened at Clemson. Clemson students invented that, came up with it. So, but anyway, you know, you, you go from all of that to actually attracting these kids to come in and play ball there's got to be something there's got to be some kind of money or benefits changing hands. You know, you don't just go from some little podunk place to, you know, which Clemson's always been pretty big on the national scene, but not to the level that it, it what you know, it's been the past probably decade. Well, some schools, they have the uh, tradition of being a winning team and mm-hmm. Dynasties. You know, people yeah. coming in want to be a part of that. So right. go back to football in Alabama, uh, well-known for many, many years of being mm-hmm. a powerhouse football team. Yeah, And people want to go the there. Gators, uh, the Gators, Florida State, uh, Michigan, you know, Wolverine. Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Now, at right one now. point, Notre Dame was a popular landing spot for people, but that kind yep. of fell to the, the wayside there over some years. They're not exactly a powerhouse school anymore, I don't believe, mm-hmm. at least not currently anyway. Um, but then again, you know, it's the same with basketball and things. You get Kentucky basketball, Duke right. basketball, North Carolina Tar Heels, although they fell off the wayside bad this year. Yeah. But we're getting a little far ahead of that there. But the point is, is that players can now use their likenesses to help make some money. So you could take even a small school in California and mm-hmm. they can say, hey, these car lots here are going to pay you X amount of money to use your likeness to promote their car lot. Right. If you come play football or basketball for our school. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, what's going to keep that kid from not going there? They're still going to play sports. They're going to be highlighted on highlight reels. Uh, they're going to be spotted by pro scouts and they're going to get paid when they're in college. Right. So what they're doing is they're hiding their boosters. <laughs> More or less. I mean, <laughs> so it's those, not are, as... those are basically kind of, that's the kind of like the equivalent of being a team booster. And right. you know what I mean? So if they give them permission to do that, then, the, then the, the uh, school and the boosters don't have to do the nefarious things. They're like, okay, we'll give them some incentive, but it's based on community. Right. Right. And that's, you know, another thing about this movie we're going to be talking about today, that's a, a part later on in the movie where boosters are trying to have a party for the players who are now, you know, put the, a team on the field again. They want to go back to like it was before when they were winning big and they think they're going to be able to go back to, donating to players and bringing in the big name players, but the coach they brought in pretty much won't have anything to do with it and won't let the players associate with the boosters in any way. Right. Which is kind of how it should be anyway. If they're going to let players use their likenesses, I think to make money, then they should turn around and do something different with the scholarship that they give them. I mean, maybe don't make it a hundred percent scholarship. Say, you know, if you're going to be taking money from Joe's car lot here, you know, to promote his car lot where he sells more cars, then 
I'm going to have to say that you're going to get like an 80% scholarship or a 70% scholarship where you still have to come up with and pay so much of it. Because I mean, the scholarship, basically you're going to have players out there who aren't going to be as popular. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get these gigs where it pays money. Uh, Who might could use that scholarship. Right. And they can't give it to them because they've already given it to this person. And they, they're one scholarship short, but they can't get this one guy. But you know, now the other guy's making all this money, plus he's getting a free ride, free books, free free dorm to stay in, you know, free everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I've always been one of the people that's kind of a traditionalist when it comes to college sports, and that the kids are getting a free education, which is worth X amount per year, however much the college costs. Yeah. Um I I don't have a problem with them if they want to put them in a small time job like you, like a high school kid would do and monitor what they make. Mm -hmm. It has to be public knowledge what they're making or something. So they're not getting handed $5,000 envelopes at the end of a game because the quarterback threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Right. You know, I mean, stuff like that. I just don't think stuff like that's very fair. You're going to be a pro athlete probably in a few years and you're going to make money hand over fist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the the lesser, I don't want to say the lesser players, but the players who aren't as fortunate to get drafted or signed as a free agent, you know, they're not going to do so well, probably. So, right. Or if we hit some kind of injury, right. And you know, they used to take out insurance policies on themselves. Mm-hmm. So if they if if a quarterback was injured to where he couldn't play no more, uh, he was having uh, concussion issues or. You know, he uh, broke his arm or something like that and couldn't play, and it was going to affect his future in the sport. Uh, a better example would be a running back blowing out his knee and right. can't play no more. Well, now they're covered with that uh, insurance policy they took out, and they're going to be they're going to have some money at least to start off to start life off with. But not all of them, once again, can do that. Not all of them would be covered because. If I was to come in versus say Barry Sanders coming in and saying we want a scholarship on I'm not a scholarship, I'm sorry, but a um insurance policy, because I'm afraid my knee's gonna blow out, mm-hmm. they're gonna look at me and go, Sir, you couldn't pull twenty five yards a game if you wanted to. <laughs> you know, I'm not insuring you for anything. So you can, you know, claim all my money. Mm-hmm. But anywho, uh this uh the movie budgeted Thirteen million five hundred thousand dollars estimated, and it grossed worldwide twenty six million two hundred fifty five thousand five ninety four. In so, nineteen ninety one, though. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. So that's you know thirty years ago. September 29th, nineteen ninety one. That's not too bad. Nearly doubled no. their money. It did. Uh, I'd say it pretty much doubled the money, right on it at least. Um, not exactly a blockbuster hit. But, you know, it didn't flop either, technically, I don't think. True, true. I, th- I feel like this is one of the ones that are kind of one of the classic comedies from the 80s, 90s era, from the earlier 90s anyway. Yeah, definitely yeah, a fun movie. Along the lines with, uh, what was it, Major League? Well, there's Major League for baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, let's see, what, Mighty Ducks for hockey? Yeah. Like kids hockey, but it's still hockey. You got three ninjas for ninjas. <laughs> I don't think ninjas is a sport. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, 
the program, for example, Blue Chips, uh, yep. Mr. Baseball, um, Field of Dreams, even Jerry go as far McGuire. back. It, exactly. Even go as far back as the Bad News Bears. Yeah. If you want to, you know, I mean. The Sandlot. The Sandlot. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of big, uh, you know, little sports comedies out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I particularly did like, uh, there was these two baseball movies. One was Angels in the Outfield where yep. the California angels one. were to get better and had actual angels helping them win. Cause this one kid was really wanting him to do well that year. Yep. And, and I uh, remember Christopher Lloyd was one of the uh, angels in that. He, he was, what was the name of the movie that had the little kid that slipped on the baseball running his, his little league game and he fell on his arm and now all of a sudden he could wind up and throw the ball real fast. Like a pit and they made him a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Oh, dude. Oh, I do not remember. They called him Henry. His name was Henry Rowengarter. Henry Rowengarter. <laughs> so you had uh, Nick Nolte in it with him, mm-hmm. uh, playing Chet Stedman, I think it was. Um, I cannot think of that name to save my life, that movie right now. It was a fun movie, very funny. Yeah, I don't. I barely remember it. It is, man, I'm going to get it. Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the year. There you go. Yeah, he was throwing like 105 mile an hour fastballs. Right. It was like he would wind his arm up and then be wound up so tight that when he released yeah. going forward, it was like, right? Right was, down there, you know. So good. Crazy. Very crazy. Um, a couple of writers this movie, Rick Natkin and David Fuller, they were young writers at the time when I, I was reading about this. And uh, actually, somebody came in and did a little bit of rewrites for them, but. Um, Nothing much was changed. There was a few things that the original writers, I think, weren't too happy about losing. But yeah. overall, it was kind of close to the same. They just kind of tweaked it a little bit for some funnier moments in it. So, okay. Dan, uh, yeah, because I mean, Dan, even though it's a comedy and it's got some, you, you know, for the time, I mean, really, truly, I mean, Robert Loggia was in Big, but I it's really the only comedy I can remember seeing him from Jason Bateman and Rob Schneider to me and Sinbad are to me, the comedians in this movie. And you know what I mean? They're kind of. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's it's really kind of, it's a little bit of a serious movie with funny moments. I think more than it is a, you know I mean? It's one of those, one of the kind of cheesy feel goods, not as much as it is trying to be a comedy in and of itself. It feels like. Larry Miller that played Dean Elias. Now he is somebody who's been in some funny stuff as well. I wouldn't okay. say he's a great comedian, but he's been in some funny stuff. So, okay. Uh, I mean, just to give everybody a little synopsis here, basically due to NCAA sanctions, the Texas state university fighting armadillos must form a football team from their actual student body. No scholarships to help to play their football schedule. So they are really scrambling around trying to get people. Mm-hmm. And it's open tryouts, and nothing's going great for him. Um, Robert Loja, like you mentioned earlier, Robert Loja, Coach yep. Wally uh, Rigendorf, goes out to recruit Scott Bakula, who plays the character Paul Blake. And Paul Blake had a great high school career. Was going to go to the I forget what college it was. They had said I think it was Penn State or something like that. Mm-hmm. And was was looking to be to do well, and his father passed away, so he stayed home to take care of the family farm and run things. He's got eligibility for college left, so Loja talks him into 
come in to play for the team, well, to try out for the team at least. Right. But he pretty much guarantees him if he comes there, you know, he's going to make the quarterback because yeah. they get nobody that can throw the football. Yeah, and then they get this like hodgepodge of the team. It almost, you know, what it almost reminds me of, like a or, or actually, this other movie reminds me of this. This is kind of like it feels like the groundwork was laid in this movie to do. Do you remember the Keanu? I believe it's Keanu Reeves, the replacements. Oh yes, I was just looking at the other day when I was researching this. I, at, the, at the bottom of IMDb's page, it's got the replacements as the first movie after it. Oh really? Yeah, it's a, so That's the great. replacements a little bit different in the sense that it's pro football, right? Instead of college, and they're like yeah. like scrubs coming in to take the not scrubs scabs coming in to uh, take the place of the players. Yeah, who've gone on strike. Yeah, it, it, it feels like a precursor to that. And uh, that was a Kathy fun movie Ireland too. coming in as the kicker. That's pretty cool, wasn't it? It was good. Um, just going to start back at the top here a little bit when it comes to the cast and talk. Just touch on a little bit of the cast here. Heck Scott yeah. Bakula. Most people know Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. Absolutely. That was his his big claim to fame. Yeah, and um, it was a big show on NBC when he was approached for the you know the position this well position to come try out you know mm-hmm. for the role of Paul Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent him a script and he kind of liked it. Uh, he was shooting Quantum Leap at the time, so he had to audition, do a screen test after work because he was still filming. Right. Uh, they want to do this whole big thing at Paramount. Um, he said he had short hair at the time too, which is kind of funny because if you've seen Necessary Roughness, he's got uh, longer hair in the back going closer down to his shoulder. I wouldn't call it a mullet, <laughs> but right. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far with it, but it's not short hair either. So uh, yeah. he had left, he had a leftover hair piece, like with an extension in the back of it. So, he went from having no hair in the back to like four inches around the shoulders. Um, so he puts this on and goes up for the audition. And they, and all they want to know when he gets there is, can he throw a football? So he he lines up like he's under center and taking a snap and going back and throwing the football, mm-hmm. which he did for a couple hours. Um, they kind of liked him, but no one got right back to him right away. And so he ended up, just dismissing it because by rule he said if he hasn't heard anything in 48 hours he just kind of you know turns it away forgets about it goes back to his normal job they end up contacting him a little bit later anyway to come back in for it and he said that he didn't that you know he said basically he's been doing this for a minute he wasn't stupid if they didn't come back to him right away that meant they had somebody else in mind they lost him so now they're coming back for him <laughs> so uh he uh i don't know if he got any extra money at that point for it, but, um, you know, they did have some other people in mind. However, uh, the one writer I mentioned earlier, last name of Fuller said that he believes John Terry, who is Dr. Christian Shepard in lost and Michael. Now you're going to help me out with this. Is it Michael Bain or Michael Bean? There might be one of each. Well, this is the guy from Terminator. And um, Alien. and Oh, that's Michael Bean. That's Michael Bean. Okay, I never yeah. have to pronounce his name yeah. for sure. Yeah, they said Bean. he was up for the role as well. He might have brought a darker element to it, though, and they didn't want that. They wanted something more lighter and comical. Right. That they could do. And I guess I they didn't feel that. like he could do the comedy. So, But that's how he got the role for it. <coughs> um, I can see that. So what do you... In, in, instead of going through everything that he's done, what, what's, your, what's his standout, aside from Necessary Roughness, and um, 
quantum leap because honestly i know like, we know yeah we know scott bacula so well mm-hmm. and it, i guess it's from these couple of things that we know him from but yeah. like the only other thing i can possibly think of him being in was a scary movie that i like it's a cloud barker story called lord of illusions yes and i remember him being in murphy brown because i used to watch that with my mom a lot when i was younger but that's like Honest to God, except for the major, uh, I, b- I believe he was in the major league, like the second or third major league movie. And, um, uh, no, I don't. Really, I don't remember him in. I don't think he was in major league. He wasn't in major. Not uh, was it uh, back to the minors? Oh, if he now he may have been back to the minors. That was the third one. I didn't watch that one. Yeah, so that's quite yeah, that's possible. I, I thought it was the. I thought it was the second or third one. Yeah, the, the second one, they come back with most of the, the same cast. A couple people had changed. Uh, Omar Epps took the place of Wesley Snipes, and um, a couple of new players made it up from the minors to the team at that point. But it, yeah. Yeah, it had to be the third one, though. Uh, for me, the most notable thing for him, other than Quantum Leap and uh, Necessary Roughness, is going to be NCIS New Orleans. Oh, okay. See, I, he, I don't even want, I, I've never even, the only time I've ever even caught an episode of NCIS is if someone else was watching it and I happened to be in the room. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> NCIS, the original show is Mark Harmon's uh, baby right there. He's okay. the one that's the lead character who plays Leroy Jethro Gibbs. He's a, the tough Marine type guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they did for New Orleans, uh, NCIS New Orleans. They put Scott Bakula in there. And his character is similar to Gibbs on the regular NCIS and how he handles his team with a little bit of different twist. He's a little more easier going on his people. Right. Gibbs is not really hard on them, but he is strict on them and expects stuff, but he does good things for them, you know. So Heck uh yeah. but so that show lasted four seasons, maybe five seasons. And that's what really stands what stands out to me. You lately. know what else he was on? And it this is newer though. I remember this too. Because it was actually a pretty decent show. If you're a fan of the uh, of the, uh, the stories, the, this franchise, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, he was on Star Trek. He was he was a captain in Star Trek um, Enterprise. Was it Enterprise? Yeah, yeah, yep. Star yeah, Trek was Enterprise a good show too, but that's newer, so we don't talk about that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, but that's another one. It's like NCIS New Orleans is new. I mean, but you asked what else I knew him from. That That's the biggest thing. When I think of Scott Bakula, I think of that. Yeah, 100%. And Quantum Leap, really. So Heck yeah. So what about Robert Loja? Robert Loja. Well, we know of Robert Loja from uh, some uh, pretty key things. I mean, he was in Big with Tom right. Hanks. Yeah, I'll never forget that because I thought it was the coolest thing when I was a kid seeing that movie. That movie was like, that movie was so huge when we were kids. I believe I've sent you and Mike pictures a while back. I went to Savannah and Tasha and I went up and ate on a rooftop restaurant and they had Zoltar or Zoltan, Zoltar. Yeah. And, and I've got my little, it's, it's in one of my display cases. I've got my little fortune from zoltar so i was like dude sending pictures but yeah it, was, it is zoltar though there was a zoltan that was yeah. from dude where's my car though that's what it was but yeah uh, i remember robert loja was the one that was uh he was the old man and he was the, her the girl's father was it that owned the toy company or whatever or he was, uh no it wasn't her father he just was the person that ran the toy company oh okay so um but i remember them doing chopsticks on the keyboard, the big rollout keyboard that you could dance on. I thought that right. was one of the coolest 
that's a cool that, memory from my childhood. Oh, that is something that stands out about him, though. I mean, because like you said, it was a cool thing that they did. So it stands out greatly about him because Big was a popular movie. It's one of Tom mm-hmm. Hanks's you know best movies, probably. During yeah, that time frame. I, I'd say. Uh, I tell there. you something else. He's he's kind of notable from too is Independence Day. Now there's a lot more notable films with him, but I'm talking as mm-hmm. far as you know in, in the '90s, for example, when this movie was out. Um, Independence Day was 1996, and he was the general in there, General William Gray. Okay, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Because I'm like, I don't remember him from Independence because I'm going through my Rolodex and I just could not remember him from, but yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, the general. Yeah, he's the one that walks around with the president mm-hmm. and everything all the time. Because, uh, like at the end of the movie, he says, I'd like to know where you're going, Mr. President. He's, he's putting a, a, a flight suit on. Yeah. So he's he takes up, but he was uh, one of his right hand men. Um, I believe he was in Scarface, as far as going further back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he was. I think you're right about that. There's a big one for you there, as far as that goes. So I mean, he's been in some good stuff. Uh, he was I, in, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he in the um the movie that you was telling me about? It's not uh no, 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 no. Over the top. What are you in over the top with Stallone? I was about to ask you if you remember him from over the top. Yeah, he was him. the kid's grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the thing that I remember him, I think, most from is a movie that probably hardly anyone has seen. And I if you if you like Westerns at all, I love it. And this is way back before um crazy agendas got crazy got wild so it doesn't feel like they're pushing something that's just a really cool movie <laughs> right and it's not just straight up fan service either but there's an old movie uh from 1994 called bad girls and it is one of my favorite western movies like i love this movie it's got madeline stowe as the main character yeah uh, so it's madeline stowe mary stewart masterson andy mcdowell and drew barrymore mm-hmm. are like the four horsemen you know what i'm saying Right. And, uh, Robert Loggia plays uh, Kid Jarrett, who Madeline Stowe is. He was like her abusive ex old man. But cool, cool movie. And the other cool thing I love about that is Dermot Mulroney is in it as well. So we got Dirty uh, Steve. Dirty Steve. Yeah, Dirty Steve's <laughs> in it. So if y'all haven't seen that one, uh, go check out Bad Girls. It is a really cool movie. And yeah, he's a huge character in it too, though. Yeah. Uh, you know who else? Though, what's that? You know who else would probably know a lot of these people's movies right off the top of their, like going down this list right off the top of their head? Who's that? I believe I believe Tim would probably know a bunch of them. You know, uh, Tim, I, I greatly, I am sure, Mr. Tim from 80s Flicks Flashback does know a lot of these people from the movies and what they've been in. And actually... What I'd like to do here real quick, Travis, while I'm thinking about it, I want to go ahead and get a word on Tim's show in here, if we can, real quick. So. Let's do that. All right. Here we go, everybody. Take a listen to this real quick for me. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? 
Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. <laughs> go. Make like a tree and get out of here. Get out of here. I believe it's make like it. a tree and leave, butthead. 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 That's uh, everybody, 80s flicks flashback. 80 flicks flashback. And uh, flashback. Tim comes on here sometimes and sits in with us from time to time when Travis can't make it in. He's a great guy, great show. Make sure you check him out and give him a follow. Absolutely. So back to this cast we got here. I'm not going to really tell you a bunch of his stuff here, but Hector Elizondo, uh, El, I'm sorry, Elizondo. Elizondo. Hector Elizondo has, is in this movie. as coach Ed Straight Arrow Gennaro. Mm-hmm. He's a guy they bring in to run a clean program. Uh, just to touch on a couple of things he's been in. He's been in, uh, see, there was Pretty Woman. There was uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Princess Bride runaway bride as well so he's been in quite a few flicks back there uh yep. that's been a pretty big name he's not exactly your leading man kind of person you know but he plays great roles in every movie i've seen him in so he's huge in and i, I noticed because he actually if you sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll see him at a con he has done uh quite a few voice uh, quite a bit of uh, voiceover work for cartoons, I know he's been in the the Adamani- the Animaniacs, um, the Adams Family. He did Captain Planet a little bit. He's done Batman, Aladdin, um, Johnny Quest, and then uh, uh, Mucha Lucha. Mucha Lucha. Mucha Lucha. He's done Mucha Lucha, and um, like I say, he's done quite. He's done a couple of different uh, Batman things, and he was actually. Bane in one of them he did the voice of Bane and then he's done uh Justice League and uh just and, and a lot more a lot more but just recently he is in uh Star Wars the Bad Batch oh was he now I did not know that yeah he was Romar Adel I'm gonna go look for that now just because I, I did start so I did start far. watching you know the Bad Batch and I I quit two or three episodes in I need to go back and finish it and re- catch up on all that Oh, I'm doing everything, man. I've done went and you know, we've, we've discussed before how I don't get to read like I used to. So I'm on audible now. So I'm, my audible library is getting pretty big. And, but what I do, uh, it, here's audible, some free advertisement. <laughs> you get the show it. today is not <laughs> brought to you <laughs> by audible. You However, by audible. <laughs> we would not mind if audible would like to pay to get the word out. Guaranteed. But you get credits for signing up. And you yeah. can use one credit a month, you know? So I let mine right. build up till I get two or three credits. But anyway, I just got uh I just got Star Wars Legends Palpatine, which I am flipping out over. I'm about halfway through it, which yeah, no, nah, it's not canon according to Disney, but we don't fans don't care. <laughs> so uh and then I've got a it's uh I think it's a follow up. I think it's after 
the events of um, the Clone Wars. It's an Asajj Ventress novel. And then I've got a novel that goes back into Obi-Wan's apprenticeship when he was younger with Qui-Gon. So those are awesome. So yeah, I'm Star Wars everything at the moment. You're going to get with me after the show so you can get get me that information again. I'm going to check this out. Oh yeah, it's awesome, dude. good. Um, Harley Jane Kozak, I got a little quick story about her, but just to give you an idea, if you've seen Parenthood or Arachnophobia, mm-hmm. when Harry met Sally, she's been in some, you know, some of those movies back then. Yep. Uh, she's got more than that, obviously, but that's uh, three of the big ones I can think of off the top of my head. Now, this movie, she did not necessarily want to take the role in this movie. Uh, a friend of hers, basically was telling her that she thought she'd be great for the movie and that she wanted it for her. And she was like, eh, you know, like I said, football, I just don't know if I want to go that route. But yeah, um, her friend's a casting director named Mindy Marin. And uh, she says, basically, um, look, she goes, I'm going to talk you into this. She says, uh, let's get out Saturday night. I got tickets front row center for the Phantom of the Opera. Let's go, let's, let's go take it in and watch it. So she says, okay. So she said, I was the only person in the world that had not seen Phantom of the Opera. Halfway through the first act, I thought, I'm going to die. I can't even describe to you how much I hated this play. At intermission, I said, Mindy, if you let me go home right now and not come back for the second act, I will do the movie. <laughs> huh. So it was done at that point. She's now taking the movie and uh, she's playing the role of... Um, she's a teacher in the college basically. And she's teaching what a lot of the players think is a class they're going to coast through, which is yeah. like reporting or something. She's Dr. Suzanne Carter in the movie, by the way. Um, there's also another teacher in there, which is played by Sinbad plays a character, Andre Krim. And like I told you earlier, Travis, he's got eligibility left just like uh, Paul Blake did played by Scott Bakula. And he talks him into playing with them as well. Mm-hmm. Did you think Sinbad was a great, well, you know, was was a good comedian, or did you do you think he's more or less just a good sitcom actor? So, I can remember seeing a couple of his stand-ups, and to me, at the time, I guess I thought they were funnier than like looking back on them what they were because mm-hmm. of his sin, because of his sitcom stuff. I feel like as a stand-up comedian, he's as good as Gallagher. You know what I mean? Like he's funny, but at the same time, he's not like somebody I'd keep going back to watch his brand of comedy. You know? Right. To me, the biggest thing he's known for is a different world. Yeah, absolutely. That and um, that and uh, uh, jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mailman, Marvin. <laughs> Marvin. I knew you were going to go there if anywhere because uh, what Had is to. it? What is it that they have in Jingle All the Way? They got a Turbo Man. <laughs> do you know anybody that's got a booster? Do you know anybody that's got a Turbo Man? My me, if you can see it, people. <laughs> there's my Turbo Man on the top shelf, in between the Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet, and then Mister Iron Man's Infinity Gauntlet. And no, he is not a yeah. nerd. Quit, quit calling him names. <laughs> quit calling me that's names. That's not. That's not nice. Oh, and then he was in he was in a genie movie that we'll argue about it all day long. I guess we're from a different dimension. He was in a damn genie movie called Shazam. 
You know, I completely forgot about that movie. That's how bad it was, I guess. Well, what they're saying is the name of that movie is Kazam, not Shazam. It is and Kazam, it, isn't it? No. We remember sure? Shazam. Are you sure? Yeah, because Shaq, they say Shaq was in the movie named Shazam, not him. Hmm. Or it could be vice versa. I thought I, I swear I thought it was Kazam. Yes, yeah, a big old it's a big old Mandela effect thing that everybody talks about. Now and Shaq they, was in a genie movie of some sort, though I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just don't I don't remember. I didn't watch it, so I can't tell you much about it or anything. Um, Larry Miller playing Dean Philip Elias. He's the guy that comes in who is all about the grades. He's not going to give anybody a free ride uh, because he's trying to get this school back to where it was to begin with. Uh, Larry Miller, I'm not going to say he is a big-time actor in any way, but he was a dad in 10 Things I Hate About You. He was in The Nutty Professor. He was in Pretty Woman also, like Hector Elizondo was. Uh, just a bit role. It wasn't anything big. Uh, so, But he plays a great role as the dean here, trying to be, you know, trying. he's looking to get the players in trouble. He hates sports, yeah. and he wants them to fail. So he's trying everything he can to find something to get them in trouble with. Fred Thompson plays Carver Purcell. He's the guy who's kind of over the college. He's the one bringing in the new people like Hector, uh, you know, Coach Ed Gennaro and Coach Wally uh, Rigendorf or whatever his name was. Uh, it's his job to help make sure that the school turns things around. Mm-hmm. He's been in things like Die Hard 2. Um, oh, gosh, quite a few movies is just side roles. Never a starring man either, but right. good roles he's played. Rob Schneider is the probably the big comic relief of the movie, though. I, I um, think he always is. I mean, uh, you mentioned Jason Bateman, too, but Jason Bateman never was a big comic kind of guy for me. Yes, he was in some comedies, some sitcoms like Silver Spoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Teen Wolf, too, I believe. Well, <laughs> I would say at at this point in time, he or at, at the point in time of this movie, maybe he hadn't gotten up to where he he is currently i guess you'd say with yeah he's one of those people that kind of i, I don't want to say blossomed late in the career but his career definitely took off better for him later because i remember him i think the earliest i can remember him I, of course except you know silver spoon, silver spoons um would be uh teen wolf or the second team wolf right and i can't and remember I anything remember beyond that anything it's so funny because you know when when he came out in what was it i believe i can't remember maybe it was maybe it was tropic thunder maybe and i'm like i know this guy who is this guy you know what i mean it's like started picking him up because by then he had done starskin hutch and he had done uh the breakup you know what i mean so it's like he, like you said, he started picking up more and more and more and more. Then, then when he did Tropic Thunder, he, you got, then he just like started knocking it out of park because you had the switch and then Paul and then horrible bosses, the change up. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, just all kinds, just one right after the other, man, nonstop. And in those movies, he is absolutely hilarious. I, I would say before Tropic Thunder, I do remember him from Hancock. He's the guy that played. Was Hancock before Tropic Thunder? Uh, okay. Same year. Oh, okay. Yes, the same year. But, I mean, I I remember him from that more than Tropic Thunder, though. Yeah. So, 
but good stuff on him though. Um, the uh, Rob Schneider, as I mentioned, you know, of course he's he's got some SNL tie-ins, different Absolutely. characters he did. He's the the copy the the the, the SNL tie-in with this movie basically is he had a character in SNL that would call people uh, names that were just just not not bad names, mm-hmm. but um, like silly. Like, like silly, like they're going to the copy, going to the copy machine. Yeah, copy yeah. A, the copy like nature, the copy man, the copy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, that. So in this in this movie, he's a, he's the announcer for the football team. Yeah, and you know they, they <laughs> drop the ball. It's like it's a fumble, fumbleia, fumbleina, fumbleina. But he's still these different things that just like that character from there. So it's a, a cool tie-in with that. He uh, makes he's me been, think. We do. Me, I've got two buddies of mine. That, me. That me and them do this all the time, but it makes me think that he maybe he is responsible for starting the whole bro thing. We're like, "What's up, Angelina Broly?" <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, like, you know what I, mean? I don't know why that name hit first, but you know what I mean. Hulk yeah. Brogan, <laughs> like, yeah. like Hulk Brogan, <laughs> exactly. It's, and and anything Adam Sandler was in, he was in. Oh, absolutely. And then he started the You Can Do It. And, yeah, exactly. and everything Adam Sanders, he'll pop up and be like, You can do it. I think that was Dude, ever since the Water Boy, wasn't it? I think, yeah. But I think that, like, there's a toss up to me. No, it's funnier than Deuce Bigelow. When he played Ulu in the 51st Dates movie with, yes. uh, oh my God. Ulu. Dude, that's the funniest thing. He stole the movie as far as the comedy. Yeah. Let's see what else he was in. Like you said, Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, Hot Chick, Grown Ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he's in. He was <laughs> actually. Stand? What was it called? Big Stan? Big Stan? He went to jail and he got like a tattoo around his butt. Oh, is it? <laughs> is, is this the one where he's like a karate guy in prison or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> He was like a salesman in Beslin or something like that. He went to the yeah. tattoo artist. He's like, I want you to tattoo the most horrifying thing you can think of around my anus. And so like when he went in and he got his cavity searched, they're like, bend over and spread them. And like everybody started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was absolutely hilarious. It was. It was. Do, you, do you remember that he had a bit part? Well, it wasn't a bit part. It was, it was, it was a good side part in uh, Judge Dredd oh, with man. Stallone. He was, he one of the cops. No, he was one of the uh, people uh, that was uh, one of the inmates and everything. Oh man, I don't remember. I don't recall that one. He was a hacker of some sort. You remember in the future with Judge Dredd, they got machines and robots to do a lot of stuff, and he can yep. he would overtake them uh, the little robot thing and program it to do what he wanted to do. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah. little. So he's an uncredited part in Demolition Man. He was in Surf Ninjas. Uh, down periscope playing Mar- marty Pascal. that was funny because he was like he wasn't even like in down periscope he was like this the co-captain or he was like the lieutenant or something he was it's like second in command on the boat whatever that means right I remember he walked up he's like <laughs> he said today i found a fingernail in my soup yesterday it was a band-aid and but he was like sorry sir the band-aid was holding the fingernail on <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a crazy that's a crazier cast than mikhail's navy right there yeah crazier as as anything um the only other name that really stands out as a big name is kathy ireland and that's because she was a sports illustrated illustrated sports illustrated Illustrated swimsuit model 
I forget mm. which year it was, 88, 89, somewhere in there, probably 87. Oh, she would, she did that for, well, she was uh, in Sports Illustrated for quite a few years. They did, yeah, and yeah, she did the, um, she did the, uh, swimsuit stuff, but she was, she was an actual supermodel, I think, up there with, you know, like Nikki Taylor and, and, um, uh, what's the lady with the mole? I cannot believe I don't remember her name. Cindy Christy. Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford and, uh, all the Baywatch cast. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. More they or got less, her in, yeah. She had opportunity in a few films. She was a Loaded Weapon 1, Necessary Roughness, mm-hmm. Alien from L.A., and The Player. I mean, none, nothing really major, though. But um, she was the kicker for the team. She was a soccer player, and um, the defensive coach brought her in to try out as a kicker because she really kicked the soccer ball well. Right. And it uh, it actually worked out for him and everything. Uh, there's a little bit about that when it comes to um, her being the kicker. And uh, so, obviously, since that time frame, there's been more than one girl tryout for football. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there was a player. I'm trying to think of which Kentucky college it was. Um, wow, you know, I can't think of the name of it. There's a college in Kentucky, anyway. A girl played cornerback, okay, for the team. She came in for it. A Other than that, the, uh, not cornerback? corner, corner, CB, cornerback, really. Yes, I'm not saying she what? was a starter and played all game, but she came in and played some cornerback. And before that, all you seen was girls coming in as either maybe a kicker or a like a place kicker or the girl that one that, that would hold the ball. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I wish I could think of the name of that college. It's just not coming to me right now. Um, well, we got one. I would like to honorable mention uh, um, Andrew Bernarski. Andrew yes. Bernarski. Yes, because he's been in some really cool stuff, and I thought he was hilarious playing Zangief in. Street Fighter movie, and I'll never call that a terrible movie because of Andrew Raul Julia said that that was one of his favorite movies to do because his children love Street Fighter and to take his last role as M. Bison because his kids wanted to do it, wanted him to do it, and it's Van Damme. It's actually a cool movie for some 90s cheese. If you look at yeah. a video game, I mean, what do you do with Street Fighter? It's not like Street Fighter's a serious game or something anyway. So the but, guy you're talking about, that Brynarski, he's the one in, um, you mentioned other, like the program, for example. He was in the program. Yeah, he was in the. He was also in uh, Any Given Sunday. Okay. Uh, I know. I, I remember him from the program for sure. He's the one. That was uh, the one that was dosing up on steroids for every yeah, game. Yeah, he painted his face like the damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Dwayne Davis also played uh, football in the program as well. Okay. Uh, they're both from the same, you know, this movie as well as in that movie together. Mm-hmm. Heck so, yeah. A couple quick facts about the movie. Yeah. The writer, uh, Fuller, he wanted Dick Butkus to play the defensive coach, Wally Riggendorf, which eventually was given to Robert Loggia. Uh, says Buckets came in and tried out but didn't get it. They were almost certainly right to go with Loja, but mm-hmm. he did love Buckets and he wanted to have him in that role. It just didn't work out for him. 
Um, Ed Too Tall Jones. Well, before I say did this, Buck one, do any kind of acting? Like, did he do a whole lot of acting? I don't think did he, he did a lot of acting. He had some things where he showed up as a part of a football team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say that he was a since he didn't get the role of defensive coach, he came in as a yeah. Uh, former NFL stars were on a prison team that Dean Elias brought in to, to scrimmage the team. Top Bears. Are you trying to get me off topic? Top are, you bears. Tra- are you trying to get me off? Look, hey, what did I tell you <laughs> earlier about misbehaving today? You know what we need to do? We need to take you some just of these sometimes. <gasps> no way. <laughs> you know what just we made the list. Just made the list, sir. I'm on there. Look. You know what we need to do one day? We need what? to take these older stuff from the 80s and 90s and play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with it. I that's, could definitely do that. That'd probably that would be, be too, fun. That'd probably be too simple, <laughs> though, with the old stuff. I mean, he practically worked with everybody back then. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, sorry. You got us off topic. Anyway, anyway, Dean Elias brings in a scrimmage game, which is from a pretty it's a it's a prison football team Mm -hmm. so but nfl stars were the ones that were on the team so we get earl campbell jim kelly jerry rice dick butkus tony dorsett ed tutal jones randy white roger craig herschel walker and ben davidson take them also and toss in a vander holyfield uh playing the role of a football player and that's what you got (laughs) playing them heck yeah ed tutal jones Funny enough, um, he appears as one of the convict football players helped scrimmage for the TSU Armadillos, Texas State University, TSU Armadillos. He actually played college football at TSU, Tennessee State University, which is about 30 minutes away from me. So, Heck yeah. You know one of the goofs in the movies? What's that? And he's, he's real lucky. He's real lucky that he didn't get in trouble for this one. In the game against the Miners, Blake uh, took on the role as the place kick, the holder for the place kick. <laughs> yes. He held the ball laces in. And we all know if you've watched Ace Ventura, the laces. It's laces out. Yes, they go out. <laughs> they made that perfectly clear in that movie. 100%. So, so if you had to pick a favorite part of this movie, what would you say is your favorite? Favorite, absolute favorite part of the movie. You know, 100% disclosure. It's been a long, it's been a very long time since I've seen this movie. I do remember bits and pieces of it, but I am totally going to go back and watch this movie probably this week because I, I looked up some of it on YouTube and it was just like, man, I do remember this movie. This movie's great. But so far, honestly, I think when Kathy comes out to actually the first time she's on the field kicking the ball and all mm-hmm. and um my my dude throwing a snap back to the place hook to the kick holder he's like all crazy with it and then what i'm saying <laughs> what i said man that's a nice kick and i said it keeps getting better as it goes up <laughs> but he's not talking about the ball he's talking about her leg <laughs> yeah and and, and, like, and the, yeah, the center manu manu was so you know, flustered. Yeah, he was like because he, because he kept looking at her. He couldn't quit staring at her. He was already yeah. adoring her and everything. And she's like, "Don't worry, big guy. You already got the job." Yeah, <laughs> he just rolled the football up there. 
Yeah, then they started making wisecracks, and Manu was like, hey. Like, <laughs> you will anger me. <laughs> right. Wasn't much for acting, but yeah. uh, he was definitely big enough to play the role, what they wanted. No uh, Gino, funny enough, uh, he got that role only three or four months after he got into acting. He didn't even get his headshots done yet, he said. What? Really? It, his, his father was a stuntman, pretty well known and liked. And he told him to come up there and try out for it. He said, you can fit the role of a football player. He's a, he, he's a, they're looking for a Samoan and you were a mm-hmm. big Samoan dude. Come right. on up here. Alan Graff was the guy who was doing the stuff for the, um, football stunts and everything. And mm-hmm. so he told him to go ahead and show up. It was kind of like what they called, a. Uh, kind of like gate crashing a party. Basically you, he wasn't invited for a, a chance to read for it, but he showed up anyway. Okay. And uh, they gave him the copy of the script, told him, look it over, had him come in do a little bit of acting, but they liked him because he had little experience and little experience at the football thing is what was making the players so likable too. Right. And so, another, Oh, shout out to uh, Manu Manu, um, Peter Navy, Tua Sopo. 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 You know, the good guys get what they want at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all throughout this game against that last the, two minutes with the typhoon. Uh well, I mean the what no, no, not not that game. Uh okay. the very the, the very end of the movie where they're facing the state rival, who's also the number one team. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who has been hitting Paul Blake all game is Harlan Flattop Williams or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and he just keeps getting through the line, and, and he's tackling right and left. He gets he's catching elbows in the face. He's catching everything. Um, at the end of the movie, they get a chance. You know, spoiler: they get a chance to win the game, and they do. If you haven't seen this movie by now? I'm sorry. Go back and watch it. You'll still like it. Oh um, yeah, it's still it holds up today. It's still good. Yeah. Movie. So they get a touchdown, and they can take the extra point and tie the game. Or they can go for the two points and get the first win. So a tie wouldn't be that bad of a deal. It'd be very respectable, but they want to win. So they get in the huddle. Jason Bateman's like, how many timeouts do we have? He's like, we got three. He's like, can we take them all right now? He's like, you know, he gives them the little quarterback pep speech and tells him he knows they're hurting. He knows they're tired, but when they get in that end zone, they're not going to feel nothing, you know? So he tells the, the, the center comes up to him that you called a while ago to and he says, They'll never touch you, Mr. Blake. And, you know, they get their little macho, you know, you know, grabbing each other like Dutch and uh, Dylan and Predator when they meet each other, go up there and clap their hand together. They're they're fighting to see who gets a stronger muscle. So they line up. He takes a snap and goes back. He gets blocked off the one way. He gets blocked off the other. He curls back around again. And the center's already blocked two people. And Flat Top is coming right at him with a full head of steam. And just as he's about to clock him good, there comes the center out of the side out of nowhere and drills him and knocks the the, the mouthpiece out of his mouth. And Heck yeah! So it's a big it's a, it's a big moment when that happens, and he throws the football and hits the Charlie Banks character that's a leftover from the from the other team, the only person left over who never got to play. 
and hits right. him right in the numbers to get the two point conversion and the win. So that was kind of a fun part. Let me see. Now, I remember that too. I know we need to wrap it up, but at the same time, like I remember, didn't wasn't there something? Is this the movie where my, he he was standing out? He was throwing it at the scarecrow in the cornfield. Right, and it says number eighty eight on the jersey. And it was the same jersey. Same jersey, same yeah. green looking jersey. It says eighty eight yeah, yeah. on it. And, Hits him square in the numbers. Too. That was one of the things that we missed too. It's like that was like at the beginning of the movie when he was just kind of still hanging on to his old days, just out there throwing the ball, wasn't it? Right. He just kind of just you know reliving some of it. You know, where yeah. he's a, he he has a, a a big wheelbarrow full of footballs and he just keeps taking the snaps, lining up, throwing them, and hitting the 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 football dummy with the jersey on it out in the field and knocks it down and comes right back up. You know. Uh, so it's yeah. definitely a good part for me and everything. No so, all right, well, Overall, yeah. great movie, fun to watch. Go check it out. Definitely Heck check yeah. it out. It's, it's, it's a good laugh. It's a feel-good sports movie, good comedy mm-hmm. art, and I do believe that you will like it if you watch it. So, One But you are correct. We are running short on time, so we'll go ahead and get this out there. We got the, uh, once again, just to repeat from earlier, www.retrolife, the number for the letter u.com we're on you can instagram there facebook some tiktok iTunes. and oh well yeah itunes you can catch oh, us that's anywhere. Start, that's our let's social. just say let's just say you can catch us anywhere you get your podcast at every major you place go. you get your podcast we are there that's what i'm talking about it's not a matter of and where we we're got not. a little bit we're trying we're gonna get back up on the tiktok and the instagram and the, my face and Facebook. No, we ain't getting on your face. We ain't getting on my face or your face. Or I said Facebook too. We're not getting no AOL instant my messenger. Facebook, my Facebook. We're, space. we're not on Facebook, internet Twitter, relay chat. If you phone. go back that far, we're not doing that either. Yep. Uh, but we are modern day, easy to find. Also, Retro Life 4, no, you know, number four, Y O U at gmail.com if you want to email the show with any ideas, thoughts, criticisms, critiques, nice words, whatever the case may be. At the top of the mm-hmm. website I mentioned earlier, there's a thing that says Pod Chaser, I believe it is. You can click on that and give us a rating on there up to five stars, which would be really great if it's five stars. And that helps us a bit as well. Now, Travis, there's one last thing that I want to talk about, and you know where I'm going with this. There is a place you can go to that I am currently working on Right now, it's just basically there as like a tip jar, you might say. It's called Buy Me a Coffee. Mm-hmm. You can, if you want to help support the show and help us uh, work on getting more people to come on for interviews or um, uh, just anything, you know, I mean, updating equipment. equipment or advertising yeah. to help build the fan base up and everything. Uh, you can donate as little as a dollar. You can donate pretty much whatever number you want to type in. And eventually we'll work it out to where maybe there'll be some membership things you can sign up for, for some extra content or extra stuff with us. But as of right now, it's just basically serving as a tip jar. And if you want to contribute to the show, we definitely appreciate it. The biggest contribution you can do though, for real is share this with everybody, you know, Uh, word of mouth is great. It helps us a lot. Uh, They can share it on their social medias as well. Tell their friends and family as well. And uh, the more people that listen, the better off we're going to be in the long run. So, heck yeah, absolutely. Travis, you got any um, any closing words for today or anything? I mean, it's more of a question. Uh, 
You know what a Minnesota Vikings fan does when when they win the two Super Bowl? What they do? Turn off the Xbox. Yeah.